GothicMedia.com presents Consumption with hosts P.G. Holyfield, Chooch, Viv, and Christiana Ellis. Oh, I should maybe switch to my other cup because when I went to the movies the other night, I got a new movie theater cup that's um, got Joanna from Catching Fire in it. Oh. On Or, you know, on it, not in it. That would be weird. <laughs> And the voice you were just listening to is Christiana Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm PG Holyfield, and welcome to episode 16. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have interrupted the very beginning of the broadcast with that if I had been paying more attention. <laughs> so say we all. Professional Every consumption. Mm-hmm. We, we, good thing we charge money for this. Um, <laughs> this is episode 16 of Specific Media. Uh, dot com presents consumption tonight is uh, December 18th one week from Christmas uh, we each week we will uh, we talk about the media we are consuming and we try to have a guest from time to time this week we only have hobbitses <laughs> and uh, <Same> short <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I did. I did have a joke in here uh, about having T. Morris back, but no, <laughs> just just hobbitses. <laughs> um, we're starting up a bit late because uh, Google Plus decided <laughs> they wanted to change how everything works, um, and so I don't think this this hangout is actually connected to the event that I set up. Uh, oh. So hopefully, if there are people. Uh, here live, it says we have one viewer. Might be oh, a, viewer. Might be Paulette or Tibby. Um, <laughs> if so, they're on uh, the ball. There is, there is a Q and A app. I think it is open. So if anybody is there, when I opened it, it says this feature is disabled. And if I remember correctly, it's ties to the event, <clears throat> and that would make <clears throat> sense if the event didn't tie. That this thing is that's why it could be why it's disabled. It's well, untied. when I when I set up the hangout on air. It said, um, you know, are you setting up now or for later? I said now. And then when I did that, it opened up a separate hangout, which mm. did have the Q&A there. Hmm. So I don't know. Trippy. But if they're watching on the page on the link there or if they the Q&A might be there, but I don't know. Um, also, I don't know if, if we're on... YouTube live or it'll show up later. I don't know, but if you're there, <laughs> you can post comments. Uh, if someone will go to our page, uh, we can uh, uh, track that as we go along tonight as well. Um, I just clicked on the link in our private chat and it worked and it Google Plus and YouTube. So oh, it's just watching Ken Kennedy. Why, why are you watching us? <laughs> You're watching who? No, it says Ken Kennedy is watching the event. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hi, Ken Kennedy. Um, so tonight we're going to talk about The Hobbit. I won't be talking about it because I haven't seen it yet, but uh, everybody else will. Damn it. Um, we always outlay we will... the funds and you you just don't see the movies anymore. you got to tell Wait us when that. you're not. i got to have, yeah, i got kids. <gasps> oh. you know. uh, you're the only one? Yeah, your kids could go see The Hobbit with you. Know, that's true. My uh, seven-year-old may not have. Uh, oh no, no, no! Have, yeah. uh, enjoyed that so much. So no. <laughs> that's fair. But um, 
after we'll, we'll do the non-spoilery discussion tonight and get get our three uh, my three friends of views here and then we will What's the mic noise? Wow, people? that's a big sorry, mic that's, noise. Sorry, that's uh Luna Luna is again contributing. Going like <laughs> No, sorry about that. Um, I was just wondering if somebody didn't realize they were, you know, not, not muted and were pounding <laughs> on their microphone for some damn reason that I didn't see. Okay. Well, that's ex- pretty much exactly what it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll do non-spoiler discussion of the Hobbit movie, The Desolation of Smaug. They seem to they seem to pronounce Smaug differently. Smaug. Smaug. Differently, because I remember with the old. Rankin and well, Bass. Of course uh, they say it differently. They have different dialects. It would be like expecting a southerner and a Minnesota person to have the same exact pronunciation for New Orleans or something, you know. Well, come on. Clearly the cartoon <laughs> production done years ago by different people is supposed to have exactly the same pronunciation for every single made up word. Oh right. <laughs> well, I forgot. You know, I... Nerd rage. Yeah, now that well, said the... Smaug is a dumb way to say it. Damn right. That's, <laughs> that just, was my point that's exactly. Being, but you know what? That's the way that I initially read that word as a typical dumb American, though. So, I mean. You say smaug? I would. I, I don't know. I probably would say smog, but I don't know. Do you say kout instead of caught? <laughs> I say shit you would not believe. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes even on purpose. That was so, not one of them. <laughs> so we're we'll do the non-spoilery discussion of uh the desolation Smaug. of Smaug tonight and then uh we will be taking a couple weeks off. We may have a show, impromptu show at some point, but uh just if we uh during our travels <sighs> during our travels we get together and, and chat for a while, but uh January sixth or whatever that Wednesday is, the first Wednesday there will uh um what is that Wednesday? I think what is it well, Wednesdays are, are the twenty fifth and the first and then the eighth. So the eighth. So yes, the eighth will be our next official show and we'll do spoilery talk about uh the eighth. About uh the Hobbit movie. Um in addition just for some fun, um I uh, wanted to look at some of the recent trailers that have come out for movies that are coming that will be coming out in 2014. Hmm. Uh, I set up a playlist on uh, specficmedia.com's uh, YouTube channel uh, called uh, what did I call it? Referenced on. I don't know, but I'm very excited about it. Yeah, it looks so, cool. Referenced on. Consumption is what the playlist is called. And anytime we talk about videos or anything like that, that we can add to that that's already on YouTube, we will uh, do that. So we'll talk a little bit about some of the movies coming out in the next. Uh, they already got trailers for movies coming out next November. So I know, yeah. I know, I know. Did so, you, are we going to be able to go back and do past episodes? Like to do that, at, you know, these videos were discussed on the show. Can we do that for past episodes or only for like the new ones going forward? It just takes one of us sitting and tagging stuff, huh? Yeah. Just anytime send me a link and I'll be happy to, to do that. Um, the righteous, the, uh, 
Yeah, anytime I'm on a video or I'm looking at a video on YouTube, I can add to playlist, and we've already got a couple playlists there. And, and Chooch is that's how Chooch set up the other playlist we did for for TV trailers when we did their TV trailers show from the fall season. So cool. Um, <laughs> that was a good noise. <laughs> Luna is just a wild direwolf tonight. She's channeling yeah. Nymeria. Luna's doing good work for us tonight. She yeah, is. so, sorry. <laughs> so, before we get to, um, to to the movie, is there anything that anybody watched or consumed this week otherwise that we want to get out of the way? Yes. All right, Christiana. Well... Luna's consuming Luna a piece do? of plastic something. So I don't know, but Kaylee just made a big old fucking noise, and I was just like thinking, I was just being nice about you being a quiet dog and asshole. Anyway, um, the first thing that comes to mind is that in comic books this week, uh, the finale, the the end of the Lock and Key series came out today. And that has been, it's been a long time coming. That's been a great series running for several years. And it's just really fantastic. I, I think the uh, the end really does the series justice. Basically, if uh, anyone is not familiar with the series, it's created by Joe Hill, who um, that's actually uh, a pseudonym because he's actually uh, Stephen King's son, but he uses a pseudonym because he wants to kind of like make his, you know, he wants he wants to be not just Stephen King's son, right? Right. So anyway, he is actually a pretty good writer in a, his own right. Uh, I had read some of his uh, short stories and such uh, before, but uh, Lock and Key is a series where we have a family with uh, three kids that move into this old house where their family had used to live and then moved away for reasons that are not exactly clear to the kids. The father uh, had been violently murdered for slightly suspicious, strange reasons. And that was part of what led them to move back to this, this old, it's, it's big old creepy house. Um, but basically what becomes clear to them once they're there is that there's some significant magic associated with this house and in particular there are a whole bunch of keys that have various magical properties like uh one of them can turn you into a giant um one of them lets you control shadows uh there's one of them where if you open a certain door with it and then go through that door it like separates your ghost from your body like temporarily like you could you can just go back through the door and you're fine again um, so there's a whole bunch of these different keys and, uh, so, but there's also, it seems that, uh, there are some not so nice forces that also know about the keys. And once they have kind of started using them again, they've, they start attracting the attention of these other forces again, you know, it had kind of been quiet for a while. Um, and so it's just, that's kind of the premise. And from there, it's just a matter of, you know, at first it's cool just playing with these keys. They have this cool magic, but then it's when it's increasingly clear that they're playing a cat and mouse game with some very evil entities, they have to try to, you know, 
not die and not let the evil entities take over the world and that sort of thing. But uh, it's it's just really good and really inventive and and has uh, fun characters and it's it's a great series. And now that it's wrapped up, it's it's one of those where it has several volumes, um, but it's not it's not like if you're trying to catch up with Walking Dead uh, at this point. It, because that's a great comic too, but if you wanted to start from the beginning, you've got a long way to go to get up to current. Which in some ways is maybe a good thing, but this is sort of a more, mm-hmm. it's an easier to digest thing. It's, I think, I want to say it's got something like seven volumes. Um, I suppose I could look that up, but uh, it's it's something well, like what that. What was the name of the series again, Christian? So, Locke, spelled L-O-C-K-E. Lock and key. And so it's uh it's uh it's just really great. And so I was just like I said, the, the very last issue was today, and I was just very pleased with it. Um also good this week, Superior Spider Man, Scarlet Spider, Saga, Young Avengers. Lots of good comics this week, but that one in particular I thought was great. Cool. And I have some other stuff too, but uh, I'll see if anyone else wants to go first. <laughs> uh, Comics-wise, I got a went to the library. Got a, the they have a graphic novel came out a few years ago for uh, uh, do androids dream of electric sheep, the Philip K. Dick uh, novella. Um, that's uh, pretty good so far. So enjoying that. I finished the audiobook version of uh, Patrick Weeks' uh, The Palace Job, and he uh, he's on Twitter and stuff, so I'm trying to see if he'd be interested in an interview because I really enjoyed it. Um, plus, he also works at Bioware and is one of the writers, has been one of the writers on the Mass Effect games and nice. uh, Dragon Age, so I'm uh, uh, trying, to, trying to get a hold of him. Uh, not someone that ha- he doesn't have a, a like a public email, which is very very strange for for a writer. Um, <laughs> not, doesn't have that places for people. But oh well. Um, watched uh, Almost Human. Anybody get to see Almost mm-hmm. Human? The oh other yeah. Day? Yep. Yeah, and I'm I actually went back and rewatch. I've got this kind of new rule that I'm doing, which is like I'm not allowed to. Uh, I can look at my cell phone, but I can't get my laptop out, or I can't have anything <laughs> like that on because I it's out, so I can take notes. But I invariably check Facebook, check this. Oh, did that picture download? Oh, let me check <laughs> on this bill. Did I schedule that thing? You know, so I'm mm-hmm. just missing stuff. So I went back and rewatched last week's and then watched this week's. And I just, I love this show even more now that I'm like paying more attention to it. <laughs> Shoot, can you rewind it? <laughs> well, no need. Yeah, especially just because so much of what I love about the show, at least, is not even really like the big ideas of the show, right. but rather um, just the, uh, just the, the character interplay between mm-hmm. these actors and just the the subtle little facial expressions they're doing the way they say a line and the mm-hmm. chemistry there I I feel is you know like I like other things about the show but I feel like that's really where it shines and that that sort of stuff you do kind of need to pay attention to really get 
get you all really that. Do. Yeah. It's very it's got a lot of little charming little elements to it that I had missed in in my earlier viewing. So I mean I already enjoyed it, but I just enjoyed it more and so I'm 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 afraid to follow this rule with um American Horror Story Coven though. I'm I'm kind of okay <laughs> with only half watching it. But um you know I'm using it with the a lot of other shows anyway. So hoping to see that that'll change my opinion cuz like dad would forget watch having the laptop out. It was just yeah. You know, oh, yeah. channel right in on something like that, but oh my god, I love that show. Oh my god, we got to every time you mention it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so really, really loved this week's episode. Um, I don't, I don't know how much I would want to say that isn't a spoiler, though. You know, so what did you think, well, Chooch? We usually don't worry about TV shows as much, though. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, it was for me, this episode, yeah, definitely had a lot of good character building things. They had some great conversations, you know, the, the car thing's always great. Um, and in a way we kind of saw self-driving car a little bit, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> or auto or not quite self, but, um, and so it, it definitely moved some concepts. This one was, it was a bigger kind of sci-fi concept for the plot, mm-hmm. the core plot, you know, and it had, you know, it's like really novel crime. <laughs> and, uh, and it had a lot of insight into the, the DRN models and, and Dorian's struggle. So, right. Really great episode. You know, kind of, kind of hit on all cylinders, hit a lot of different buttons. Yeah. You know, and, and I, this is not what you're intending at all, but it just occurred to me the DRN models, of course, Dorian's model of, uh, Android, but, uh, um, in a way, it was also kind of of about DRM with mm-hmm. these these used hearts, right? No yeah, resale, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no resale allowed. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Which, and so, just also getting a little bit more stuff about, like, well, what is this world like in 2048? You know, we see some hints, like, uh, you know, the the people who go to the equivalent of the walk-in clinic where they have to, they go to like a little holographic doctor kiosk that sometimes right. messes up. And like right. the nurse is just saying, the red light's on, someone will come. <laughs> just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but some it's of that. It's coming. It's coming. But I, I thought. <laughs> a good it, thing it wasn't I, I quite agree. like idiocracy. <laughs> oh, oh All right, This one, honey. mouth, ear. Anus. Wait, no, oh, wait, no, wait. Yeah. This one goes oh. in your mouth. <laughs> this one goes in your butt. Yeah. Um, but I also just liked Thanks, the dude. the exploration of how the the other the other Dorian model that uh, exploration of obviously very similar in a number of really significant ways, right? But not entirely the same, and having even Dorian not a hundred percent sure where that line is because mm-hmm. like the, just this whole thing of he's assuming this other Dorian is so much like himself that it won't conceivably right. be a problem. I can give him his case files back. Absolutely. There's no issue there. But then obviously that goes awry when the guy goes and tackles a guy in the middle of the street. Um, and so it's just kind of like, Oh wait. Yeah. And then of course at the end that, that, um, you know, the, the, the duty and discipline of knowing I do have to take your case files back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, even yeah. just that one little detail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Then, so that was nice. Well, and, and it took away, it's, and the way I interpret it was he didn't just take the case files back. He, there was angst removed. Yeah. You know, which was a kindness. Well, it is sort of, but just this idea of ignorance Blip. is bliss. So I'm going to decide that for you. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's any <laughs> yeah. kind of big, you know, no. policy that I approve of, but, right. you know, it was nice to see that as a Dorian, as, as a hardware piece of hardware, you know, he was conflicted and, and even we questioned what was the right thing for him to do. So I think that mm -hmm. was a really interesting thing for them to have him do rather yeah. than just, you know, wipe the case files, but he remembers everything else, you know? Well, it was also interesting to think about, um, it, it wasn't a hundred percent clear, but it sounded like this moment that, you know, uh, the other Dorian talked about with, um, you know, saving the kid, it sounded like that was the case that got him decommissioned is because he broke protocol to go in. And just as a brief editorial aside, it seems like police departments don't generally have a lot of uh, problem with their cops being loose with the trigger finger. Mm, they yeah. shoot people constantly. Yeah. Humans break protocol show. a lot. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so it's, it's, they kind of implied that that was the one. Um, that did it, um, even if it wasn't really clear. But it also just, I mean, because that example is almost the perfect sort of case where we feel like if that was a regular cop, you might say, well, protocol is there for a reason. There needs to be some kind of a disciplinary action. But clearly he made the right call ultimately if he saved this kid. But with the with the robot it, it, you start it, it's that this idea of well we want them to be more human but humans sometimes do irrational things that are not <laughs> within the rules and you feel like if you have a human that does something not within the rules you can talk to them and say well let's talk about why you made that decision and what we think we need to do but when it's an android you sort of start feeling like well really don't want an android to be doing things that are not within the rules because mm -hmm. who knows what real thought process is going on in there necessarily and it's hard to kind of and so just thinking about that but then also we still don't know what it was about our dorian that got him decommissioned in the first place because right. we know this is his second chance so mm -hmm. clearly he did something at some point that got him decommissioned right and then the whole test or... they mentioned yeah, either that or, like you're saying, that at some point they decommissioned all of them, whether they were passing that test or not. Mm -hmm. So it's still up in the right. air whether he actually did something to be dis decommissioned or he was just part of the process or, of. Or, yeah, yeah or like you said, maybe. It, yeah, maybe it was maybe it was that test too. And and as soon as they started talking about that test, I was immediately thinking, it's like, did. Did they tell him he came across a, a, a turtle in the right. desert and it was on its back and he wouldn't pick it up? He wouldn't help it? Why aren't you helping it, Dorian? <laughs> there we go. That would be great. Let me make connections to uh, I, I mean, Blade Runner. He did yeah. kind of jump at the whole, well, I don't even think that the test is valid anyways. Uh, that definitely implies that maybe he didn't. Has uh, been tested. Yeah. Well, yeah. At least. I don't know. It raises questions that maybe he did pass and he wonders if he should have. Yeah. Cool. 
or or the just this idea because you know he's he's spending a lot of the episode thinking about well how similar am i to this other dorian how different am i because he has empathy of course knowing how much he wants to be a cop and seeing this other dorian that's not a cop anymore and knowing how that would make him feel mm -hmm. And so the he has empathy. that empathy, but the, but then just thinking about like, well, what if it is a situation where, you know, he passed the test, but maybe this other Dorian didn't, what does that mean? Does mm -hmm. it actually mean anything? Or what if it's vice versa? Like, what if like, oh, this other Dorian actually passed the test and I didn't, but even that Dorian, or like, what if it was a situation where they decided that the test wasn't worth the trouble, so they decommissioned all of them. So what if it was a situation where our Dorian didn't pass it? The other one did, and so he feels almost like because I was one of the crazy <laughs> ones, even this one that was fine got decommissioned. Right. Well, I'm just glad they, because they had the moment before they go into the final, you know, uh, catching the guy. Um, and he, he get, turns to the guy, to the Dorian in the back seat, and he offers him his gun. Mm -hmm. to come in and i'm just like oh come on that's you know you can't you can't do that yeah that's what i mean you already have we... you already mm -hmm. had that moment at the beginning with the whole you know where we have a another ver another example of the mx being killed or destroyed by something going on mm -hmm. which is you know they come back to and they try to play it for almost comedic effect where you know, it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, a lot I of this is believable, now? you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff and, and all they, all they get is, you know, the captain, yeah. the captain yelling in the background. And yeah. That's, you know, that's the only, those things are the only repercussions from that. Uh, but anyway, well, I'm, I'm, gonna... gl I'm glad they didn't, they didn't, the other Dorian did not, you know, they went down that path of, you know, I'm too scared to go, you know, I, I mm -hmm. that's, you know, but the fact that he even offered, I thought was a little, a little Weird. much. Well, I think well, it, it gave a hint to where there, if there is a flaw in his testing score or whatever it is that we'll see, we've got a hint now as to where it is. So, and the other thing I wanted to say is that I thought that since we've already said so much about the episode that I think this is one of my all-time favorite um, actor talking to himself, split screen, you know, whether it's a soap opera or some other sci-fi movie or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this character is talking to himself and the way that they did the interplay I thought was actually really good where you could kind of detect a personality between these two mm -hmm freaking robots that had the same software and everything and that you could see how differently one could develop from the other. So, yeah. I mean, that is something yeah. that did, I guess, leave people in power nervous. Well, and, and you can yeah. see how that would be a real issue because one of the things that the other models have going for them is that if you have serial number 2847 on one day and 3894 on the next day, you can treat them the same and they will respond the same. Right. With the Dorians, because they have this emotional modeling, you can't depend that you can interact with the different individuals in the same way, and yet they all look the same. Right. You can't tell the difference just by looking at them, and yet they will respond differently. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so that, you know, that would could provide a problem with police work. I mean, it's one thing when you talk about humans don't respond the same, but you can tell the difference between humans. You, you're, 
you're not going to think you're talking to one and actually be talking to another usually. Yeah. yeah. I think they did identify each other as just numbers of some sort, like seven, four, something, something. Mm-hmm. But I maybe that's the equivalent of an of a name for them, maybe. Yeah. Well, I would I imagine know. like they they have some nonverbal, you know, electronic communication. Presumably, they can identify mm-hmm. each other pretty easily. I would yeah, think, but like MAC address or something. <laughs> MAC address. Dot um, Skynet. No, Google Plus is trying to trying to mess me up tonight. Uh, the Q and A yeah. is working. Uh, Ken Kennedy. Wrote uh, almost human. I'm enjoying as well, but I've heard and read that Fox is pulling another Firefly in the sense that episodes are being aired out of order. Yeah. It screws with the chronological character development, but I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. There was there's a couple lines in this episode that that seemed a little out of place. I'm not sure in the what the order was supposed yeah. to be uh, if this was, mm-hmm. you know, originally before one of the ones I can't remember what the line was, but there was something I was like, well, that, that seems weird after the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, again, the, the development between Dorian and uh, Kenix is, is, is great. And um, yeah, we talked a little bit about the whole, Marvel and I sort of compared like character interaction with with Sleepy Hollow and this is another show where I think the writing is consistently a lot better and the acting as far as you know just the interplay between characters is a lot stronger than the than the Agents of Shield show. So far, I agree. So. I agree. Um, it looks like it's taking a break. It said next episode will be in like three weeks. Um, well, yeah, I, I think so. There was this week's episode, and then there's a two. It's off for two weeks, yeah. and so. But the preview yeah. looked like there may yeah. be some other androids out there, some other models that we get to see. Yeah, I didn't see that. Well, oh, it wasn't sure clear to me whether it was next episode or if it's just like coming up in the season stuff. There's bound to be a sexy hot blonde. Uh, just whole line of them. Well, there at was least that one, one line of blondes. Mm-hmm. Well, we already that saw that there, we already bots. saw some sex yeah, bots. Yeah, we already yeah. had the, oh, the sex right. bots. So. I guess I had my laptop out that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my other uh, viewing uh, of the week really was uh, watching a lot. As we mentioned earlier, we have a lot of connections tonight. Uh, Firefly. Um, Kim hadn't seen it, and we watched. We we oh. we watched like the first uh, maybe three episodes mm. around last Christmas, and then um, uh, started back up or continued on and watched all but the last two. We got two left, and uh, uh, so we'll finish that. And she's enjoyed it greatly. Mm. All the all the funny Jane moments she's she's uh, enjoyed. And now she'll really understand Kaylee's namesake too. Yes, our dog's namesake. She will, she will definitely uh, fully appreciate that. the power of Kaylee. And she does. Uh, and she understands. I'll be in my bunk a lot better now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, and um, we will post this. Can he put a uh, a link to the almost human episodes airing order uh, or the order? I guess, I'm sure it'll have like what the episodes were and what episode. Oh yeah. What, production order filmed. versus. Yeah. Right. So I will be sure to include that in the, uh, in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Well, if the show lasts and I, you know, I think we all hope it does. Uh, 
it, they'll probably start building up enough continuity that they won't easily be able to do that anymore. So they probably won't be as tempted to, I think the, uh, you know, where it is right now is that where they are in the series so far is we have to have a whole bunch of episodes to flesh out the world before we really start the heavy arc, uh, Mm -hmm. advancement. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to get at least back to some of the, that main story with the, whatever the organization was that sort of caused him all his problems with his, and apparently how his his ex-girlfriend works for them or something. Yeah. Yeah. He was duped. But, uh, Oh, and then the last thing as far as non-Hobbit uh, stuff before we get to that, uh, I saw the movie Jack the Giant Slayer. Uh, um, yeah, we just hey, we it saw too. that too. <laughs> yeah, the HBO. HBO. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I did enjoy it, uh, a lot of it, but, uh, you know, again, lazy and lazy stuff that we've talked about, and this made me laugh that they, not only did they have the uh, uh, one example of the he's standing right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> that we talked about last time, but they had two examples where they had yeah. that in the movie, where uh, yeah, uh, you know, where the guy is talking and the guy he's talking about is standing right behind him. Well, yeah, that so, that so. movie though, you can tell it's 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 targeted to, to like twelve year olds. Yeah, you know. So I well, I they did it as a callback too. You and McGregor looks awesome. Yeah, you <laughs> and McGregor was was what I liked about that movie. So I actually saw it as a double feature though with Hansel and Gretel, witch hunters. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. It's ridiculous. Um, Good or bad. Ridiculous. Mostly bad, I think, <laughs> but like in kind of a fun, bad way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, as long as you're really not trying to take any of it seriously, at all there's a lot of fun silly kind of stuff in there like for example uh jeremy renner as hansel um the idea really is that the traditional story of hansel and gretel happened to these two when they were kids and now they're grown up and having dispatched one witch thereafter all the other witches that's the the whole premise but uh due to being force-fed all of that gingerbread in the attempt to fatten him up when they were a kid Hansel is diabetic now. (laughs) And so they don't call it that, but he has to keep taking all these special injections or else he'll pass out. Wow. (laughs) Oh boy. And, uh, and, and so it's, it's rated R for like the ideas that has a lot of gore or something, but what it has is that like water balloon splat type of gore. You know what I mean? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, So it's like, uh, it's, it's not that hardcore really. And it's got a lot of just silliness in it. So it's like, is it a good movie? Mm. Is, it, is, a it, fun is it fun to it's watch? fun to watch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we had a good time watching. I mean, it was predictable. It was cliche. I mean, what did you think, Chooch? It was fun, right? We're still on Jack, right? Yeah. yeah Jack and, well, I was still that. talking about Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, that's but, was my um, assumption. Oh. But Jack also is I I liked Jack a little better. Yeah. Than Hansel and Gretel, but in a different way. It felt yeah. better as a movie and but less as a I'm laughing at how silly and ridiculous this is. 
sketch. Yeah. 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 I, I listed it as good, but not great. I'm right. glad I waited till it was out of the theaters and didn't pay any extra money to see it. Um, yeah. although no, I guess I wouldn't have regretted paying for it, but, uh, a couple you little things McGregor. bugged me. The main thing, <laughs> um, the princess, you know, it's got the, the classic, you know, she doesn't want to marry this guy. Uh, she's over the moon for Jack after meeting him once, but I don't know why she wouldn't have been hot for Ewan McGregor's character. I it know. Seems a pretty compatible age. He's very uh, dashing and heroic. And well, I, I, I think he was. I love Ewan McGregor, but I think he was kind of like a father role to her. Yeah. I think he was supposed to be significantly older, but he sure didn't yeah. seem it. He didn't seem on the same level as Stanley Tucci. No, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. True. Right? True. Well, but I, I think the issue there was it was more of a you've always been the guy who's around taking care of me. Yeah. Like a parent. I could see almost, that. Like an uncle or a dad kind of thing. I, eh, think. Yeah. I didn't feel In that. a similar vein, just because I feel like similar genre of movie when I was home over, uh, back in Colorado over Thanksgiving, um, I watched Oz the Great and Powerful, which uh, it has uh, some good stuff in it. But everything just takes so long to happen. Mm. It's just you're you're watching this movie and like you, you find yourself looking at your watches like, are we still in the same scene? Jeez, how long is this? And they just keep having scenes that take 10 minutes and should have taken five minutes. Mm. And I, I, maybe then the movie would have been half as long, but it would have been better mm -hmm. um, for that. Because yeah. I think there were some interesting Sometimes things going on. It was just so slow. I couldn't believe it. I mean, Sam Raimi directed it. Yeah. Hmm. What, what was that? Maybe he just, that's what he thinks kids movies are like. I was kind of disappointed because, in one wait, are we still talking about Jack or did we move on to something else? Well, I was Oz. talking just then about Oz the Great and Powerful. Oh, which I haven't which seen we haven't yet. Got, yeah, so. we haven't seen it yet. I was just going to say about the other movie, though, that I was kind of disappointed because I really love Stanley Tucci. He's been so funny for so long. So good. I think such a solid, solid character actor. And I just, his, his character was so shallow and it just... Yeah. I immediately had to think it was direction and, and script and not him because he's normally such a strong role. They didn't give him much to work with. He had a couple yeah. great moments, but overall there was a lot of things that, that he just, he should have had rejoinders and comebacks and yeah. things and he didn't say anything. And mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, that movie got tamed i don't know if you guys knew anything about the production but mm. it was originally supposed to be a little harder core and then it kind of got retooled mm. like during production to be more kid friendly yeah um okay. and so because i think it was originally supposed to be sort of like a like a pg-13 hybrid and it ended up kind of ending way more on the pg side of that scale um because you know like uh it was originally the title was jack the giant killer uh, Which is better, really. But Jack <laughs> the Giant Slayer, I guess, sounds more yeah, less mean or something. <laughs> right. It's okay to slay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah. There was so, a yeah. piece of movie news that is, I think, for the holidays, appropriate to the holidays. Um, two groups are financing the production of a sequel to It's a Wonderful Life. Is that true? I thought that was a hoax or something. 
It was in Variety, and it was uh. I didn't see a retraction. Although, yeah, I originally did gather this for you know our episode a couple weeks ago, but I had to have. I don't know. I I saw it and thought for sure it was a joke, but I didn't really look into it. Yeah, it doesn't look like it <laughs> um, to be turned or titled "It's a Wonderful Life: The Rest of the Story." Yeah. And we already know it was a wonderful life. So right. I, uh, it essentially retells the exact movie again. Uh, only same from plot. the perspective of Paul Harvey. Sadly, no. Uh, no? Right. The rest, the rest of, of the story? Of I would like four. to say I was about <laughs> to Google the hell out of that, but I got slowed up because I saw that there are show times at movie theaters locally. So if anybody wants to see that in a theater, you ought to check out your local listings because they're actually oh, playing the it in theaters. Um, they're doing um, a whole series of Christmas movies, actually. Um, like um, it's part of the same run. I, I saw a preview for this when I was at the movies recently. So they're doing like a Christmas Story and It's a Wonderful Life and Die Hard, I think. And yeah, so yeah, whole- we've gone to we we've gone and seen older movies. Like we went and saw um, Sixteen Candles one year on Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. We saw The Birds on my birthday. One year, um, nice. and it's just I love that theaters are doing that. I yeah, really, really love that, especially for the really old ones that I never had a chance to see on the big screen. Well, digital projection is part of what makes that possible. Mm-hmm. Is that they can project a good-looking movie without having to fly negatives all over the place. So it's a lot cheaper, and they can do these sort of special event, short-run mm-hmm. movies. I love, it. I love, love, love it. Me too. Yeah, I'm looking through. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing lots of things saying. Nope. Wish it was a hoax. <laughs> oh, um, okay. But, well, so yeah, it's the same plot. <laughs> only it's around Bailey's unlikable grandson who was named after him. Um, the original Zuzu, Carolyn Grimes will play an angel. Wow. The uh, studio. He's got a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes too. Mm-hmm. The studio is right. approaching the other child actors that to reprise their roles as, you know, like, uncles or great aunts and uncles uh yeah you know what like i i don't i don't have a big problem with this i don't have a lot of interest in going yeah. to see it it seems totally super yeah super it's, it's 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 a cash-in but there have yeah. been mo- good movies made as cash-ins before well that's the thing is that good very true uh, well yeah so i don't know i'm just uh, it's possible that it won't be terrible yeah I don't know that I'll have a lot of interest in seeing it unless I hear it's really good. Yeah. Um, well, just because you you sort of feel like it, but it, it's, it's just fact that the reason so many studios want to make all of these, you know, remakes and reboots and everything is because of two key factors. People want to see things they've heard of. People don't want to see old things. Those are would seem to be contradictory, mm-hmm. except in a reboot where people recognize the title, but it's not old. Mm-hmm. So, and and the thing is, like audiences buy tickets based on that. So yeah. it's that's why the studios do it. They're trying to make money. Yeah, and so the the production, the backer, star partners. This is both good and bad. So they have a good track record. The right mm-hmm. stuff. Killing Fields, Color Purple, The Mission, Moonstruck, Rain Man. The Bad, I don't think they've made a movie in the last 15, 20 years. Yeah, I was just going to say, all of those movies are not recent. 
But I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's not just a cash in. Maybe they really feel like they have a way into the story to make it um, accessible to, uh, you know, younger people today who, uh, you know, won't watch a black and white movie. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. Just to follow up, uh, Ken said that post episode seven of Almost Human, uh, they will start the proper order serialization. So, mm, good. Um, That's probably where they've uh, where they switch into the you know the serious arc stuff rather than so. let's learn about the world. <laughs> yeah. So um, hobbitses. What? Well, oh, I had video games. You more? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I was letting yeah. other people talk about stuff instead of dominating your. Um, you go, girl. <laughs> so. Uh, I finished Knack for the PS4, and it's a weird game. I had fun with it, and I enjoyed it, and I'm glad I played it, but it's not an easy recommendation necessarily because it's a weird game. Mm. It's not the kind of game that you would think it is just looking at gameplay videos or something. The combat is actually pretty hard. It's very strategic. Like you really can't just run run in and button mash. Maybe on easy mode, but on even on normal, if you're just running in and button mashing, you will die over and over and over and over and over. Um, and it's got this weird thing where it's got randomized collectibles. Like there are secret rooms in the same plot places in every level, but what will be in it is not always the same. It's randomized. And actually, if you're playing online, you can choose. It, it, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but the, 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 what I get from it is it'll be random for you, or if you have other friends who've been playing it, you, you get like one extra randomized choice for every person who's also gotten that secret room. Hmm. And so there are some cool stuff, like you unlock these little gadgets and everything, but basically you have to play through like two and a half times to unlock everything. Because there's just there's more collectibles than there are secret rooms in one playthrough. Now that said, the 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 nature of the combat is such that uh, you know you can kind of keep playing because you're the it's kind of like um, in the Batman games that part of the appeal is not just the story but getting good at the combat, right? Right. Um, so it's it's kind of similar in, to those games in that respect, but it's also just it 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 crosses the threshold to being a little frustrating in in parts where like even on my second playthrough on normal difficulty i'm still running into sections relatively early on in the game where i die nine or 10 times before i get through it and that's kind of sometimes gets frustrating the story also is weird it it's got some really good stuff in it, but it feels a little bit like like someone. Okay, imagine you painted a really beautiful painting, and then a little kid came in and cut it into a bunch of pieces, and then worried that you'd be mad, tried to glue it back together, <laughs> and didn't do it quite right. So you have some pieces not quite in the right spot, and this one over here is in the right spot, but it's upside down now. And it feels like that. And I suspect that's just because the nature of writing for video games is such that 
you almost like I've I've read several interviews with video game writers and frequently you might have a broad strokes of a story first, but then you build the levels and then you tweak the story to match the levels. And so it sounds like probably what happened in this case is that they maybe had an idea for a story, but then were not adapting very well to having to update the story to match the levels they had created. Because there's lots of things where, like, two characters will be reunited. It's like, you know, oh, look, you're alive. It's like, yeah, after you left me for dead. I didn't leave you for dead. I looked for you for weeks. Oh, well, I forgive you then. <laughs> and like, mm -hmm. it's well, like so an why, why did special. we even bother with you being <laughs> mad at first then? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, or Phoning you know, it like, in. no, I won't go with you. Um, because my place is here. And then, you know, the, the guy goes off and leaves. And then the, the character who said, Oh, I won't go with you goes off and talks to someone else and says, Oh wait, you know what? Never mind. I do want to go with you. Only they've left already. So uh, and it just, it feels <laughs> like there's a lot of, it, they just, the pieces don't fit together. Right. Like they, they go to some trouble to make all the characters have at least some extra little depth and something interesting going on and then tie none of that to the actual main story. Like the, you know, there's this scientist guy and he has uh, a young assistant who is an orphan and his parents died in some mysterious way that is never discussed or brought up or has any relevance to anything. And he's got this really special necklace that he wears because it reminds him of them. And there's a whole subplot later where it's like, oh, well, you know, he thinks he loses it and he's bummed. But then it, they return it to him, but it turns out it's bugs now. But, like, what what is that necklace? Does, does it have any significance other than, oh, it's his mom's and he likes it? No. There's kind of some central mysteries that you just are sure early on they're going to come back to and then they mm -hmm. just never do. But it has some interesting stuff going on. So it's, I feel like if it was bad, I would say it was bad. But what it is, is it feels like, it feels like parts of a good video game mashed together kind of incompetently. <laughs> mm. um, so I oh. liked it and I'm actually probably still not finished playing it, even though I've done a whole story playthrough. I kind of feel like I want to go back and get all the collectibles, but, but I, I, it, it would be hard to really just full, fully recommend it to people without giving them some, kind of those caveats. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that's cool, but I saw on the what's new section that you were actually playing a different game that you weren't sure you were going to even try. That's true. Yeah, I was going to get to that, which is, um, well, it's not busted. I was uh, going to bring it up. Cool. It was just but um, Assassin's Creed 4, I, I caved. Um, anyone who's watching now who hadn't seen me mention this previously <laughs> would know that my, my previous take on Assassin's Creed games is that they look awesome, and then I buy them and can't stand the way they control, and then I stop playing them. And so far... I am, I am, I am alternately enthralled and infuriated mm -hmm. by this game wow. because 
on the one hand, there's a lot of really cool stuff about it that I really like, and there's so much that on paper is really appealing to me. But there are very few games that make me curse like this one does. Wow. <laughs> wow. Awesome. I mean, for for every moment where I say, wow, that is a beautiful building, or hey, that's a cool little looking little kill move, there's you know, a handful <laughs> of other moments where I'm saying, God damn it. Edward, if I wanted you to jump on the box, I fucking would have told you to jump on the box. <laughs> I was just going to ask how much would we pay to be able to get a recording of Christiana cussing at the game, and we already have it. Well, and so it's there's just a lot of, you know, the other the other thing that I just can't stand is chase down the courier who apparently is just some random courier who's just as good at climbing around all these buildings as you are. And he runs just as fast as you do, only he knows where he's going. And then, and then it doesn't tell you to, it just says catch him. And you're like, well, so like I've run up to him, but he continues to run away. Like, what do I do? And then like, like the third time I was trying this, I finally got a little thing that said, oh, press circle to tackle. And I'm like, Oh, well, would have been nice to have that earlier. Yes. So the next time I get up close, I say circle to tackle, and my guy kind of does a little body check, and the guy kind of stumbles a little bit, and then just keeps running. <laughs> and I'm like, what? So yes, they 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 do a they do a less than uh, efficient job. They alternate from having really good. Uh, tutorial type things and then they go to certain things where it because like the courier thing has been in the last three Assassin's Creed games they don't explain like mm -hmm. something simple like how to tackle um, so yeah that the yeah so lasers yeah so while I uh, while there's many things to like about it and I am going to keep at it for a while all of my previous complaints about the series remain intact. In particular, <laughs> I don't like the whole just hold down R2 and then aim the direction and he'll decide what he's going to jump on because I am constantly running into situations where I'm trying to say, no, run straight. Don't jump up on the box. Why are you running off the side of the building? Why are you jumping on that tree now? <laughs> Will you just drop to the ground? And I'm trying to press all the buttons, and it is not responding the way I want. And yeah. that it doesn't make me feel all graceful and badass like it seems that like the whole intent is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel clumsy and frustrated. And I, I just always have to compare it to the infamous games where you're doing a lot of that kind of parkour and climbing up buildings and everything. And I feel like that controls beautifully and perfectly, and I love it. And you know what it does? When I want to jump, I press a button to jump. <laughs> and he jumps when I want him to jump. Mm -hmm. Not whenever the hell that Edward Kenway feels like jumping. Right. And I'm just kind of saying, how about you go over that way a little bit? Oh, wait, nope, you know, maybe over here now. And it's like I'm steering him rather than controlling <laughs> him, and it's, and he's not very good. To be Assassin's life coach. So I will acknowledge that it is quite possible that all of my frustrations are really just due to the fact that I suck at the game. That may be possible. <laughs> but I do play lots of other people. games, and so I'm not really, like... I'm, I'm not... I'm not buying it, but it's, a, it's a, I give you credit for making the effort. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, just, I mean, I do, I do agree that there, there are definitely times where 
it does things that you do not want it to do. You, know, you don't want them to do, especially if mm-hmm. you're climbing a building and you don't have the camera, you know, turned exactly the right way and you, you know, push that button or you push that direction, mm-hmm. you end up jumping off the side of a building instead of going up the building. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, have you gotten to much of the ship? The no, not ship yet. Um, I have played only. I have just finished the sequence where you you have to demo you you de- get the tutorial by way of showing these guys that you're actually an assassin. But you know, yeah. you get your little hidden blades and stuff which like is, that. Yes, which is and, the silliest story convention ever in a video game. For, yeah, it's kind of like, hey, we all know you're a badass assassin. But how about you practice killing some of these dummies just so that we can all realize that you're so awesome? So, yeah, just go at it. And like, oh, I I heard that sometimes you can kill guys by hiding in a hay bale. And then so you do it. It's like, yeah, good. Yeah, that's pretty good. You can jump off. But see, you know, what makes it worse is that as as this character you're actually not one of these assassins you're posing mm-hmm. as one yeah so the but, fact that they give you these little 10 second you know how so i hear you can jump off the top of the building and and do three flips and then stab a guy in the back of the neck and all of a sudden you can do it even though you're not one of these assassins well, just, although you know. technically i suppose what's actually happening in the story is that these guys that you're trying to impress are not actually assassins themselves they're templars no, they're not, yes so they it's it's not obvious like so you are a pirate who is an imposter of a dead assassin <laughs> who was betraying the assassins to join the templars no, uh, no, we actually right. have to take it. We actually have to take it one step further, because in actuality, you are a person in the present who is in a yes, that's right. You know, in a matrix type environment. So you, as the person playing Edward Kenway, might be able to do these things because you have you know these abilities as a video game player. So you are you know thereby giving him these abilities that he may not have because he's yeah. just a pirate and not an actual. So assassin. you are playing <laughs> a video game <laughs> as a guy playing a video game <laughs> as a pirate who is impersonating at being an assassin who is betraying <laughs> the assassins to join the Templars, and they give you a tutorial mission. Yes. Which I have actually appreciated <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> Apparently, well, it's not uh, the best tutorial because no. well, it's 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 shoehorned awkwardly into the yeah. story, but it it works fine. It it was of the tutorials that I have gotten in the game so far. It would have been nice if I had gotten that before it gave me three other things to try to do where I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, hey, sneak into this fort, and I'm like. Okay, how do I do that? <laughs> Seems like there's a lot of guys around, I and they keep seeing me and trying to kill me. So, problem. Yeah. Yeah. It, it took me a while to even figure out. It's like, why is my guy not pulling out his swords again? And it's because I had switched to unarmed at some point without realizing it, and I didn't know how to switch back because it never told me. And so, I, you know, so in fairness, someone who's played all the other games probably just knows all this by rote, and it's me that's the problem there. 
But as a newcomer, it didn't do a very good job of welcoming me in. Aww. And no, nope, I agree. So I'm going to keep trying to play it, but there's a part of me that's kind of hate playing it. <laughs> you do not seem happy, honey. <laughs> yeah, I only well, played the first one, so if I'm, you can, uh, if the you whole get time. a little further and you get into the to the actual ship combat and different mm. things, that's where it. I did like you know, the the little bit beautiful. of that at the at the beginning. I did right. like that. That it was only a short little bit, but I did like that. I mean, there's still things that are are very. Uh, you know, it, it breaks the fourth wall and it gives you like there's a a section that I just got to and I'm not that I'm like maybe twenty percent through the story or what have you. And part of the fun thing about it is I'm twenty percent, but I've you don't have to go through the story. You can just go off and sail and you know, fire mm-hmm. on ships and do whatever you want. That's the fun stuff. Uh but I'm in part of the story where you have to follow this giant man of war ship. And it has maybe six or seven smaller ships behind it that you have to avoid uh, them seeing seeing you. Mm-hmm. And what this means is that they have their little cones of vision that you can see on the map. And you have to figure out how to wind your way around so that you don't run into their cones of vision, which is, you know, pretty ridiculous. But it, it's still, it's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the whole sailing mechanics even though it's you know it's it's arcadey in some ways it's still so daggone yeah, beautiful that it's uh <laughs> it's 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 awesome so well it is the game does seem kind of glitchy too i mean it's beautiful and like you know the these bits where you climb up to the like the tower in havana and it's just mm-hmm. panning all over the city it's like wow this is a gorgeous game um but you'll pay for that with sections where you come across a little thing in the world where it says, save the pirates from the soldiers who are attacking them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. So I, I go down there and I kill the guys who are fighting them and I see the pirates, <laughs> but then with all the enemies gone, the, the pirates just kind of stand there and don't, and nothing else happens. <laughs> and, and then I'm like, wait, so what happened here? And what I realized is that somehow the last guy that I was supposed to kill ended up down inside a well where you Holy can't actually crap. go. <laughs> and so I couldn't kill him. So the pirates just stood there unable to complete the little mini task. Christian, oh, you're not funny. meant to like this game. You are not meant no, to like you this they, game. They were ruined. Because, yeah, they, they, they're... Those little things. I want to. to I know you really do. You save (laughs) the pirates and then they join your crew. Well, see, I I have successfully saved a different pirate in a different spot, but I was never able to complete that one little section where there was two of them and I killed a bunch of guys. (laughs) But because I couldn't get the one little guy in the well, the one just stayed stuck. For all I know, if I reload my save and go back to that spot, I'll still be there. (laughs) Wow. Interesting. There was, but, you know, uh, like it, but the game has its merits clearly, or else I wouldn't even waste my time. But, but it's it's just really making me sit through a lot of stuff that I'm not enjoying very much. Oh, uh, well, I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> I forgive you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, was, I was uh, saying earlier the other the other game I've come back to is Resogun because. Christiana and I have our 
high score thing going on, but she has she has surpassed me and she's like doubled my score at least on one of the experience levels. And then uh, the other or yesterday or the day before, I was like, every once in a while, I'll go to the live on the PS4 where they just have streams of people playing games and there's some guy playing it at the highest, the master level or whatever the highest level is. And, mm-hmm. you know, he had like, you know, 300 million points or something ridiculous and actually saw someone who uses the boost and the, uh, over, what is it? Over. What's the other mode where you're overdrive overdrive. Yeah. So using the overdrive and the boosting and, and all that stuff the mm-hmm. right way. Uh, and I was like, ah, oh, so that's how you're supposed to do it. So, <laughs> I'll get, I'll try to get back into it and see if I can apply some of that stuff that I saw. Mm-hmm. Resogun's so fun. The one, the only, the only thing about those leaderboards, it's a little tricky. Is is problem is there's so many different modes where the leaderboards are all separate. Like there's separate leaderboards for if you're doing arcade mode where you start at the first level on this difficulty. But if you switch to a different difficulty, it's a completely different leaderboard. If you start with the second level instead of the first level, it's a different leaderboard. If you're doing single level, it's a different leaderboard. And so it's in order to actually compare your score against your friends, you have to be playing exactly the same mode they were. Right. Which, I mean, makes sense, but it it, it just means that there's enough different modes that occasionally you you, you don't overlap unless you deliberately set out to make that happen. But that said, it's so fun. I love that game. <laughs> cool. There was uh, some video game news. The Valve has released on last Friday, released the Steam Box to yeah. 300 beta testers, and they released SteamOS for download for people to play with. Yep. So, uh, and there's so there's a FAQ with the specs on on what the box has to have hardware wise to be able to do it. It's a 960 meg download for the uh, geekier people out there. It's based on Debian 7.1 and so, Valve does warn you that, that since it is a beta and this is the first release, it would help to have some Linux skills before you dive in because you know, it's probably going to be buggy and you may need to do some command line stuff to fix things. So wh- what is the steam OS exactly? I mean, like, what is it that you're you're getting with mm-hmm. Steam OS versus if you were just trying to run some other OS on? Because Steam Box is essentially a PC; it's just right. in a box that you hook up to a TV. Which is interesting, yeah, because that's what the PS4 is, and that's what the Xbox One is. When you look at the, you know, their GDDR memory, their NVIDIA mm-hmm. graphic cards, their Intel processors, you know, they're basically PCs. So it's, it's, yeah, it's exactly the same thing. So the steam box there, they have different classes of hardware. So you have super mini boxes and they're going to be really cheap and, you know, mid, mid grade boxes and then all the way up to super duper boxes. So they'll handle, you know, different graphic modes or different, different levels of graphics. The steam OS is a specialized version of Debian Linux where they've stripped out all of the kind of desktop stuff. They stripped Mm. out all the server stuff and they stripped out all the other desktopy things. And so that it's, it's a lean, mean video game operating system. And, and it is specifically has all of these hooks into the steam online community. Mm. 
So it's designed for a, a lean back television experience. So it has simplified you know, menu structure, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it is optimized to play Steam games. And so if you download it and install it and you could like dual boot on an existing machine if you wanted to, so you don't have to, to wipe a machine Mm -hmm. to do it. And so uh, it's the idea that if you're, you're using this games optimized OS, so as to preserve all those other system resources, just to powering your game instead of having to have it be running windows in the background with stuff you don't need. Exactly. Okay. And so what it'll, it'll be able to do, it'll be able to like a smaller steam box will work kind of like, uh, the remote play on, on PS4. So you could have a really powerful desktop PC back in your bedroom, Mm. but you could play your games on your television with a hundred dollar set top steam box, steam OS box. See, that's something where I guess I don't really have a second TV, so I don't need that really. Um, yeah, like I, I have a pretty nice PC already, so I, I'm not specifically interested in the Steam box for myself, but I definitely think it's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting hybrid, and it'll be interesting to see where they go. And they, so, you know, it was originally a three pronged approach. You have the Steam box, the Steam OS, and the Steam controller. And the controller is very different than the existing controllers. It yeah. has. You know, instead of sticks, it has two touchpads that are emulating bean sticks, but they're they're like they're they're concave. Correct. So like they're little bowls. So they're like and and there's apparently the feedback that they had gotten because they released the controllers a couple months ago to people, Uh, the Mm -hmm. prototype controller. So the final controllers are actually going to have a touch screen in the middle that'll have software buttons that'll change depending on the, the game. But those main pads doesn't sound like they're going to change too much. And people said it gives you the experience of a mouse more than a stick. Mm. So for a lot of like first person shooters and stuff where people have difficulty with traditional controllers, you have very fine tuned control over it. And they say it just it's definitely weird to get used to. But once you get used to it, you can control very uh, detail and very, you know, very quickly. And so far it sounds like the, the controller is really, really a hit with people. Oh, that's um, cool. And it's cool. You know, for me, I've always been into open source, but into Linux and to be able to mm-hmm. see Linux, you know, be a primary platform for games is like a dream come true. Um, <laughs> and, you know, steam is making that happen. But, oh, the, so the other part is they have been teaming up with, the group uh, that are creating the Oculus Rift, which is this 3D headset Mm, thing. So Steam has been developing their own 3D technology, but they have a relationship with Oculus where they're sharing, they're they're going in different directions and they're building different devices, but they're sharing the information on how to, apparently Oculus has broken it down to where you no longer get nausea feelings and you actually have, they got technology from Valve on how to, instead of just like your head going up, down, left, right, it has the 3D space. So mm-hmm. I don't know. They they said it the way it interacts, you don't get the same nauseous feelings, and you it feels more like you can interact in your environment. And That's but cool. where Oculus is building hardware, Valve is is basically doing prototype hardware and specs as a a base um, concept 
and then they'll have partners that'll actually build the hardware. So there's some interesting work they're doing together. I'm excited to, cool. I've, I'd like to try an Oculus Rift. It seems pretty cool. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to being able to try some of that. And then I guess it makes sense too, if they're working together that I, I think everyone wins if there's some at least moderately standardized way for software to be compatible with things like that. Mm -hmm. So if we're talking about a game maker, they're more likely to make their game compatible with those sorts of devices. If they can make it compatible with more than one version Mm -hmm. without too much different code required. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely be good for everybody. <laughs> what news do we have? Oh, board game. Well, we end up talking about <laughs> Cards Against Humanity a lot. We did get another Cards Against Humanity expansion. <laughs> Woohoo! But we, um, we haven't been able to play it yet. It's the fourth expansion. Um, so like the other expansions, it's, it's a pretty healthy number of new answer cards or white cards and the question cards, the black cards. Um, and the, I remember saying the, the bigger blacker box, you know, it came with its own box expansions. They were all box related <laughs> cards and they were really, really lame. This one there were has, a couple, good. There were a couple good ones. Oh yeah. But the majority of them were shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the majority were horrible. This one I'd flipped through some and select the question cards. It has uh, one of my favorites. The Japanese have developed a smaller, more efficient version of blank. Um, <laughs> and knowing their answer cards, they can go in a lot of crazy directions. Or yeah. what's fun until it gets weird. Um, <laughs> oh. Some yeah. of my favorite answer cards in the set. There's one, uh, whatever a McRib is made of. Oh, um, <laughs> you guys saw that that picture that kind of went around of the frozen McRib patties? No. Oh my I god! It, it, it just it it's. I mean, it's it's frozen, so it's half kind of just. It's got that color of like you know, even if yeah. you had a regular good hamburger patty that did get deep frozen, it would look like that, right? Mm -hmm. Except that the problem is the McRib patty, just the the fact that it is you know, ground meat formed into that shape is just super obvious because all mm. of the angles are sharp and it's not rounded <laughs> or softened at all. And so it's not hard to find if you guys just search frozen McRib, I'm sure it'll just come right up. But my but, mind uh, went to like a frozen movie tie in for the McRib and I'm oh, like, what the hell no. would that be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I want to see frozen. I haven't seen it yet. But I wanna... Oh, the girls yeah. here love it. The four year old and the six year old just, are bananas yeah. over it. Nice. Yeah. yeah, my kids love it too. My my favorite new answer card in this list. There's a couple really good ones. But my favorite is stuffing a child's face with fun dip until he starts having fun. <laughs> <laughs> fun dip. <laughs> wow. Oh, this is gonna. Guys, happen. I'm sorry to bail, but it's 10:30 and we haven't even started talking about no hobbitses. So I'm going to bail and get my little four hours of sleep before I have to get up to catch my flight. So, Ooh. okay. I'm sorry. Head hurting. Must sleep. Have fun conversation. <laughs> okay. Good night. Enjoy your Good night. rest. Good night. Safe trip. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> <Dang. laughs>
Hey, so we lost a Hobbits's discussion well, person. I mean, so that's okay. You can so talk about Chooch, it briefly. Now I want you guys to to tell me what you thought of the movie. Chooch. I liked it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it's another. I don't know. You know, all the the original trilogy and the first Hobbit. I thought it lived up to everything we've seen so far. Um, I, I was more lukewarm about the previous Hobbit movie. Mm. I, I, I didn't dislike it, but it really just, there's a line from Bilbo in fellowship of the ring when he's describing how he feels to Frodo. And he's like, like I've been stretched thin, like butter spread over too much toast. Um, that's, you know, so it's like, while I didn't dislike anything that was happening in the first movie, I did feel that. Mm. And I feel that partly here too, but to a lesser extent. Um, the second movie, I feel like it, it moves along at a pretty good clip. Um, but when it comes right down to it, the dragon is the best part of the Hobbit story without saying anything else about what happens according with the dragon. But it's, that's the part that everybody remembers from the Hobbit. Really? I think if you were, if you remember one thing, it's, it's that, that, or maybe riddles in the dark with the uh, Gollum. Mm-hmm. But so to an extent, when I'm hearing they're going to make a movie of the Hobbit, my brain immediately goes to, I want to see the dragon. And so I had to wait through the whole first movie, no dragon. And then three quarters of this movie with no dragon before they finally get dragon. Um, <laughs> that said, did not disappoint. Excellent dragon. This, this movie gives good dragon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did resent a little bit being made to wait so long to get there. Yeah. Especially with a lot of stuff that they could have, they could have lifted entire scenes and we wouldn't have even known anything was missing. Um, which is not to say I didn't like those scenes necessarily as much as it could have been much, much tighter. And I think that would have been a superior result. You know, yeah. you can have the two hour version. And then if you want, you can do the extended edition version. You know what I mean? Yeah. The additions that they have uh, done to better link the Hobbit to the, events of Lord of the Rings as far as like Gandalf going off and the whole, uh, the, the, you know, Mm -hmm. evil wizard and all that stuff that it is probably true that some of the stuff that works okay in the book with Gandalf just kind of saying, by the way, I'll be back. And then just disappearing for long stretches of the book. And we have no idea what he's up to or what, like, why did he just leave? We're actually kind of in a lot of danger. We need his help. Where did he go? <laughs> and that would have been probably harder to sell in a movie without having some indication of what he was actually up to. Um, and so I don't really disagree with that aspect of it, but like I didn't especially feel like I needed the love story between one of the dwarves and, and uh, the elf that was made up for the movie. Like it wasn't bad. I didn't dislike it. I wasn't sitting throwing popcorn at the screen or anything, but it also just meant like it was not even just an expansion of the story that was already there. It's actually adding stuff that takes up 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Right. 
delaying us getting to the dragon. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Um, I, and was... that said, this this starts to get into spoiler territory, so I'll try to be careful. There is a tendency with trilogies, especially when you're talking about parts two and three, to not fully resolve everything. And this movie falls prey to that tendency. I understand to some extent why they do that, and yet I hate it every time. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean movies did it, and I hated it there. The Matrix movies did it, and I hated it there. I think Empire Strikes Back gets a pass because they resolve the primary conflict of that movie, even if there are still unresolved threads. But when they leave the whole thing... Carbonite. Just did a cliffhanger. No. A movie is a self-contained story, even if you have another movie that continues it. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. Clearly, lots of people disagree, especially movie makers, because they seem to always do it like this. <laughs> but I don't like it. I want them to resolve the primary conflict of each movie with each movie. And then if it's good enough, they, you know, they can give us hints of what's going to happen next. But I don't like where they leave things just like right in the middle of all the big stuff happening. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. So I wasn't following uh, some of the info about the movie as far as uh, uh, is there a 3D version of it and was it filmed at like the 48 frames per second type mm -hmm. thing or is it still do we still have those things going on um, yes although yeah. I think the number of screens showing it in the high frame rate is much less than the last time I know the place that I saw it that way the last time wasn't showing it that way this time and so I saw it in IMAX 3D but not high frame rate we ended up watching just standard screen this time. Um, and I don't feel that I missed out on any experience because <laughs> <laughs> we had watched the Hobbit, all three, three iterations of it just to have the comparison and cause we really, really enjoyed it. So, but yeah, it looked pretty good. <laughs> it's great the way it was. Um, yeah, there is a, a fun Peter Jackson cameo slash reference to the like, fellowship of the ring yeah. um, right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right out of the gate. My one kind of nitpick, which is similar to the, the first Hobbit movie is how some of the dwarves don't look very dwarfy and it kind of takes me out of things. Mm. Some are very kind of almost comical and some just look like humans. Yeah. It's just a human, except that they, you know, when you see them in a shot with humans, they're short. Right. That bugs me still. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Not you know, I, I note that, of course, it's the pretty one that gets to have the love right. story with the, uh, with the elf. <laughs> Feely or Keely, one of those two. Uh, yes, I don't I've, I don't know the names. <laughs> Fallen and Thorin are the only ones that I remember the names of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's Evangeline Lily from Lost, right? Yeah, yeah. and she well, does she great. does a fine job with the character that she's made up for the movie. So that's I don't hold that against her. And she does a, a you know a, a good job. She gets to have lots of CGI special effects 
action, you know, <laughs> just like Legolas. Yeah. Legolas actually looks a little weird here. I think they're having yeah. to use special effects to make him look because not only are elves supposed to be timeless anyway, but this is actually supposed to be taking place like 80 years before Fellowship of the Ring. Right. So he's actually supposed to be even younger when, in fact, you know, Orlando Bloom is 10 years older now. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I he, think there's there's a little bit of uh, smoothing and polishing going on there, I think. Yeah, he definitely looked weird to me. And His well, eyes, something was weird with his eyes, I guess. Well, you know, his contact lenses, but they yep. looked a little bit strange. Yeah, I, what I think I figured out for me is that when they're, no matter what the light level is, his pupils don't dilate. <laughs> they're always ah. the exact same. But he definitely did look weird. And I found it interesting that characterization that, that this Legolas is mm-hmm. a very different person. A very, or a well, very you certainly have to elf. remember that, yeah, at the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring, he's certainly not into dwarves. It's really his relationship with Gimli that develops over that trilogy. It's what, you know, warms them up a little bit. So we have to remember this is back before any of that had happened. He hadn't really seen much of the outer world yet in fact one of kind of the themes in this movie was um that his father is an elf king of this particular tribe or whatever you call it i guess and um has is is not that into anybody going outside their borders Mm -hmm. yeah but he seems just like really i guess it'd be more like an adolescent you know he's like really angry Mm -hmm. and it's just a very different demeanor, which is cool. I mean, he should grow and change, and but he definitely looked weird. <laughs> well, it's one of the hazards of making a prequel that actually has some of the same characters as, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, it makes sense chronologically, but from the audience perspective, it forces us to go backwards as far as character development is concerned. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I liked it. Um, I think it has a lot of great stuff in it. I still feel like it's over long, but it's definitely better in that respect than the previous one was. So. Very cool. Yeah. Right on. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it and uh, we'll mm-hmm. get a little more in depth into some of the spoiler stuff <laughs> uh, after, after the new year. Um, like I said, at the beginning we, uh, also had some movie previews that we put in our uh, YouTube channel. Uh, we have a playlist there called Referenced on Consumption and uh, talk a little bit of just about a couple of them. When, well, we have to reference them or else it's a lie. Yes. <laughs> just talking, yeah, talking Intended about Intended to reference on consumption. We'll create yeah. a playlist. So we, we can't not reference it. That would be breaking the... It's uh, a fixed point in time. And, uh, <laughs> might destroy or cross the streams. <laughs> but, um, uh, so anyway, these are movies that are coming out anywhere from uh, a couple in well, February, I think is the first, first month, but they, there's some that go all the way into like November of next year. Uh, first one uh, mentioned is edge of tomorrow, which is a Tom Cruise movie uh, sort of, He's getting into the, you know, had some multiple sci-fi with Oblivion last year, I think it was. I never I saw. saw that. I actually liked it. I, yeah. I, it was, it was a little, 
like part of it, you're like, okay, well, I understand what's going on. And then they had a pretty good twist in, in there as far as, you know, mm. there's definitely a mystery going on. And, uh, uh, I mean, the, I'll, I'll have to watch it to see if I was right, but I felt like I watched the trailer and guessed what the twist would be right away, but I might be wrong. I well, guessed a possible sort of, twist. It sort of works on two levels there. They, they do pretty much give, part of the story away in the, in the trailer, but then there's another level to it that, that you don't, you know, that, that will hopefully surprise you as far as mm. where they go with that. Um, but, uh, in this one is, it's Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, uh, who I is quickly becoming the last, you know, just, I guess year or two, you know, she was an adjustment bureau and looper. Mm. Uh, she's just, I, I she's captivating to me. I just, I, I just love her. Um, but it's sort of just from looking at the previous sort of groundhog day meets, uh, aliens. Uh, he's a soldier that's fighting in a war. Um, and through, through the trailer, you sort of learn that he, uh, dies and then wakes up again. And he's, he's reliving the same day or the same, you know, until he dies apparently. And then he goes, he sort of resets. Um, and they indicate that it might be some sort of, uh, effect that the aliens, like the aliens have some sort of ability that are sort of, that's sort of, uh, uh, leeching out into, into these humans. And Emily Blunt mm. plays a character that's a little more, I guess she's been experiencing this for a lot longer. So, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out a way to use this to become, uh, to be able to win this war. Uh, so I haven't actually the, seen this trailer. Are they, so is she, also repeating the same day that he's repeating from, from what it tells, it looks like it's some sort of invasion type situation. And she is like, they shows her like on this poster is like this super soldier, uh, looking type thing. And at some point she sees that he must be going through the same thing that she is experiencing because he, she comes up to him and she says, I recognize, you know, this in you. So in the lead, I'm not sure if it's the exact same day or mm. days that they're both repeating, but she, at whatever point in this, you know, thing that's happening, it's happened a lot longer to her. And apparently that's why she is a mm. super soldier is because whenever Tom Cruise's character, he's like a mechanic or something. And, you know, through the through the trailer, you can tell he's sort of learning and, uh, you know, being able to, of course, like Groundhog Day, see the same things. I'm assuming he's able to learn strategy and how to defeat, you know, the aliens and certain things. So it's kind of like, like whoops, it has, that didn't work last time. Let's try that again. In yeah. So, <laughs> I, and I'm say, sort didn't of Jake Gyllenhaal sort of extrapolating, just do that? sort of extrapolating that just from the trailer, but that's where it, it seems like it would be going. If, if yeah, there was that the, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Um, Source Code. Source Code. I thought that one was pretty good. I like that. I never, I never saw that. I'd have to. But it's, yeah, yeah he I keeps mean, reliving the same thing over and over again. To, only he's trying to, to figure out a bomb plot that how a train gets blown up. But, yeah, it and, gets seriously hand wavy near the end, but. Yeah. Um, uh, but I liked it. Um, yeah, so I, I actually, this is probably the only one of the trailers you're going to mention that I, I hadn't seen yet, but Edge of Tomorrow does sound potentially promising. Yeah, I mean, looks great. And um, it was written by Christopher McQuarrie, who wrote The Usual Suspects and some other nice. things. But So it definitely, 
you know, at least has the potential to be a very well-told story as well. Um, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was <laughs> getting the world to reset every time he lost. <laughs> How'd that happen? No. It's fun. Uh, and speaking of the usual suspects, uh, we have uh, X-Men Days of Future Past mm-hmm. uh, with Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Peter Dinklage playing a major character, and of course all the regulars uh, from the other X-Men movies. Um, uh, the idea is that X-Men send Wolverine into the past uh, in a desperate effort to change history and prevent an event that will spell the end for both humans and mutants. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I probably actually... tying into Peter Dinklage's character is Boulevard Trask, yes. who in the comics is the inventor Sentinel. of the Sentinels, Sentinels, which is the giant robots. Yes, and from what I've said, the mutant killing robots. They have they're tying even more the idea of the whole you know anti mutant movement into mm-hmm. the whole uh, development of the Sentinels, and uh, so I assume that bad things will happen because of this. And so they mm-hmm. try to go back in the past to prevent something. Of yeah. Well, X-Men first class really left us on a good note for that story beat. Cause you know, it was that whole thing where essentially the only reason they weren't all destroyed at the end is because Magneto basically said, sure, you can launch a thousand missiles at us and I can still stop them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so we're going to leave now and there's nothing you can do about it. So, yeah, you can see why the military would say, yeah, we need to figure out something we can do about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so, yeah, more mutant goodness there. Um, next one mentioned is Interstellar, uh, which yeah. more of a teaser, not really a trailer, and it's not due out until November. Um, mm-hmm. I actually don't have the date here for Edge of Tomorrow, but it looked like well, it the Well, the teaser uh, came out just this like at the same time launched with the Hobbit movie, I think, but, and it says it one year from now, I think it says. Yeah. Interstellar is November. So yeah. Um, oh, well, okay. I think the the teaser said one year, so I don't, if maybe uh, it just, is November, I got but that from uh, IMDB. So, you know, okay. Well maybe, I don't know. I just know that that's yeah. what the teaser said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, what they did say was, well, it has Matthew McConaughey, uh, mm-hmm. That was the main character that they showed in the little teaser, but it also has. He cries in it and drives a car. Yes. That's <laughs> about all we movie. know about the movie. Uh, Anne Hathaway, Jessica Chastain, Casey Affleck, Michael Caine, Topher Grace, Ellen Burstyn, John Lithgow. So lots of big hitters. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a Christopher Nolan movie. Um, the only thing that, that has been sort of teased, released, is it has something to do with interstellar travel, of course, since it's called Interstellar. Something yeah. to do with a wormhole. <laughs> And, um, you know, sort of makes it the way, at least what they're showing, it make, gives it a sort of contact feel um, as, as far as like yeah. another movie. Well, Because the, the teaser's um, talking all about basically the idea of wanting to believe and having the optimism of believing that your best days are still ahead of you. And so it talks a little bit about the space race and how it was, you know, this great example of, you know, what humanity can accomplish, but, you know, without belaboring the point you know we haven't done as much with that recently and so i it kind of kind of ties that into just saying that you, you still have to believe that your best days are still ahead of you hey the chinese are doing good work so you know well yeah, yeah <laughs> i mean you know they they 
I, I didn't mean. So what I was going to say, <laughs> I, was I knew was going to come. Well, no, but I mean, what I was going to say was going to come out sounding sarcastic, and that's not what I meant. So which is why I halted. What I was going to say is, yeah, they repeated the thing that we did forty years ago. But uh, the what I really mean though is that yes, they have landed a rover on the moon, which is a significant accomplishment. You know, so that's good. I you know, and hopefully. Now that they're doing stuff, we can maybe get Americans to say, <laughs> well, well, hey, where's our moon rover? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, next movie, uh, which is for May 16th, uh, which uh, is Godzilla, which sort of reminds me of this movie called Godzilla and uh, this movie called Godzilla. But, um, <laughs> uh, but it has... <laughs> But it has Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, or Kick Ass as uh, 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 Elizabeth Olsen. Surprising Matthew Broderick's role, I assume. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. um, I have a whole rant about the previous version, which I won't go into right now. But oh, uh, and Brian Cranston. Uh, the trailer basically just shows some Americans uh, or. NATO troops uh, about to jump out of a plane and uh, maybe Brian Cranston or somebody giving a speech. It's uh, David right. Strathairn. Yes, Strathairn. David Strathairn. Yeah. Strathairn. And um, yes, yeah, I did remember that. And uh, basically giving the speech of, I, I trust you, you know, I trust in your abilities and that's why you're, you know, jumping into danger and all of these guys, including Aaron Taylor Johnson, um, Jump, jump out of this plane and very cool, you know, free fall. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you see Tokyo and, you know, much of it on Is fire. Is it Tokyo? I thought it was San Francisco. Uh, I maybe. saw that kind of the pointy, the pointy, I think it's Bank of you America could be, building. You could be re- very right. I did not, uh, I did not, uh, I was just thinking because of Godzilla that it was Tokyo, but yeah, it could have been somewhere else or San Francisco. And then, uh, you know, you see the outline and the smoke of, Oh, definitely Godzilla and the one, uh, you know, the signature scream of Godzilla, mm-hmm. or, uh, uh, sound that Godzilla makes and, uh, you know, cut to black. So, um, yeah. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, yeah, it's a good trailer. I'm, I'm not yeah. convinced that we needed another Godzilla movie necessarily. Um, I mean, I like giant monster movies. I'm not necessarily opposed to the idea of being more, but it, it, it's again, just, it's the, uh, it's kind of that same thing of, you know, instead of just making a new giant monster movie, it can't be just any new random giant monster movie. It has to be Godzilla because presumably no one would go to see some other giant monster movie. Um, but I'm just, I'm worried that they're going to just try to tell the same story over and over again. And so I, I want there to be something more to it. The trailer is good, but I, I was not persuaded that there's going to be anything more to it. So I don't know. Right. You know, and after in a world post Pacific Rim, can you do a, Mm -hmm. you know, a monster movie in the same way and, you know, without having big, big Jaegers and. <laughs> giant robots to fight. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, how is that going to work? So just have to tilt my camera a little bit here to see if it can. Well, hang on. Just trying to. I don't know how to point it. Uh, oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I see Luna. <laughs> Very interested in Godzilla talk. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so it's it's a good looking trailer though. It's well made. Um, and it, it looks like it'll be a well made version of this movie. But like, I you know I still have, I don't know, cold. I, I wake up in a cold sweat sometimes, still thinking of the uh, of the previous Godzilla movie. It's like in you know in my entire adult life of seeing movies, I think that one is the closest one I came to ever to walking out of the theater. Wow. It was like, I, I hated it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, Ken Kennedy uh, says for days of future past, no, 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 no. And then uh, for Godzilla, he says, no, 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 no. So well, what's wrong with days of future past? Yeah, I don't know. I, I was, I, I liked uh, the last one. So. Is he just, he's a purist and he says, no, it's Kitty pride. That's supposed to travel through time. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> But it does work better since since Wolverine is a you know ageless whatever doesn't age very much uh, works yeah. a little better. So Hugh Jackman's also a bigger box office draw than uh, Ellen Page. You might say that, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I would have liked both going because I like Ellen Page, but anyway. Uh, so the next one to talk about is Pompeii, uh, February twenty first, starring Kit Harrington's abs. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, he's under all that fur in Game of Thrones, so you don't ever see uh, his abs. Definitely getting the uh, the uh, three hundred treatment uh, with with looking looking good. So, hmm. um, uh, as you can probably tell, oh, some of the other people, Carrie Ann Moss is in the movie. Only Emily Browning, uh, who's in Sucker Punch, uh, is in this. Um, it's a Paul Anderson movie. Uh, sort of looks like Gladiator meets Troy meets Titanic. Um, got uh, a slave turned gladiator finds himself in a race against time to save his true love when you know Pompeii happens. Volcano is exploding. So yeah. yeah, I went to see the Pompeii exhibit at the Boston Museum of Science when it was awesome. there. It was pretty cool. In fact, actually, something I think probably a lot of people don't know if they went to if they didn't go to an exhibit like that is that Pompeii is actually what tells us more than any other find what those ancient Roman cities really were like, because all of the other ones that were not destroyed and covered with ash got torn down and rebuilt into other things. And so the actual preserved you know, buildings and such the way they were then everywhere else, all that got destroyed and built on top of because mm -hmm. it was a city and people lived there. So only the one where it was actually just buried and like preserved in ash is, is what Ooh. tells us what the cities were really like back then. So. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's um, some d great source material there potentially. Yeah. It is definitely a, uh, you know, teaser type, trailer there's probably a lot more coming out soon that or there may be other ones out that i haven't seen uh, i haven't been a super fan of uh uh this guy's track record but you know it, paul anderson yeah yeah um yeah i mean it has potential definitely what they showed looks cool and uh we'll see how that goes um one that just looks fun, uh, may be horrible, but definitely looks fun is Robocop, the reboot. Um, it looks, yeah. 
I mean, as far as technology updates, looks pretty amazing, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, stars Joel Kinnaman, who is in the TV show The Killing. Um. Um. It's who are the who else? Uh, trying to remember who I was in. Gary Oldman plays one of the scientists, and uh, Samuel Jackson. Uh, so it does have some some bigger actors in it, uh, but like, what they've uh, showed, Michael you know, Keaton? yeah, Michael Keaton is one of the, you know, robot creators as well. A little more of the business type, um, mm-hmm. you know, definitely from, from the preview it, there, it, it seems to be, uh, bringing back a lot of the plot points from the original, uh, Robocop movie, as far as cop, uh, nearly killed and is, become uh you know a cyborg and mm-hmm. uh you know there's lots of uh background stuff with the government and with the you know trying to build these robots and and you know there's the financial side of of what's going on and then uh uh you know the the um mob or the you know the bad guys the sort of the the very small bit they showed there sort of looks look a little similar as what they were trying to get to. Um, mm-hmm. Probably the best part of the uh, preview is like, it appears to be RoboCops being tra- tested against some of these more robotic uh, uh, members of the police force that he's, you know, sort of the next level of, of what's going to you know happen. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, just sort of this, you know, scene where you know 30 seconds of him you know fighting all these other robots that looked really really damn cool so uh we'll see if that that translate in translates into an entire movie that uh that works but uh from the trailer it does look good mm-hmm. uh, i um i liked one of the ideas in there that uh, that the the software that's the same software that powers the other robots that are just robots they're basically saying like the software actually takes over when he's fighting, but it also it just it tricks his brain into thinking that he's controlling it, even when it really is the software. <laughs> and I thought that that was kind of a neat little idea. But of course, we know you know by the end there'll be some scene where the you know some someone monitoring <laughs> a computer while they're looking at him on a camera will be seeing somehow he's, he's overriding the controls. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yep. um, the next movie uh, is out there on the, on our playlist is uh, uh, Jupiter ascending, which is a July movie. Uh, Channing Tatum, Mila Kunis, uh, Sean Bean, in obviously another movie where he gets to die from what, uh, <laughs> even though they don't hint at that, but you know, he's not a major character. It looks like, and, uh, you know, he always dies in movies. So it's a, it's a lot, which movie. Um, Yay. so yes, I'm, I'm a big fan of their movies, uh, more than I think most people are. <laughs> um, which with the caveat that I'm not especially fond of the matrix sequels, but I I love 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 Speed Racer and uh, I really liked Cloud Atlas as well. So that's a movie I still have to see. So um, I'll have to look at that. But uh, yeah, it's a movie where uh, uh, it's a universe where humans are near the bottom of the evolutionary ladder, uh, and a young 
destitute human woman is targeted for assassination uh, by the queen of the universe uh, <laughs> because her very <laughs> existence threatens to end her reign. So, uh, you know, one of the old, you know, uh, prophesied that this young woman is going to end this queen's reign. So uh, uh, from the trailer, it looks like, uh, you know, maybe uh, Channing Tatum's character maybe are initially sent to kill her and changes his mind or, you know, something else is going on, but, uh, he seems to be protecting her after a while. And, uh, um, you know, lots of, lots of pretty, uh, sci-fi, you know, scenes in the, in the trailer. We'll see if it's completely stupid or, uh, or an actually, you know, a good movie, but, uh, I actually, I, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of Channing Tatum, you know, he, <laughs> yeah. I just say, yeah, you know, some of the magic, movies, Mike. Like, magic Mike, I actually like magic Mike, uh, <laughs> 21 jump street. I thought was a lot better than it had any right to be. Um, <laughs> you know, and you know, all the action movies, of course that he does. But, uh, so we'll see. Um, he is, he is wearing a very fancy beard in this, in the trailer anyway. So, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, the next movie is called Welcome to Yesterday, um, which looks pretty damn cool. It's uh, comes I'm out just thinking I should have looked at this list in ahead of time because there's a several of there's a lot more of these that I haven't seen that I, than I was expecting. <laughs> well, you can go to the playlist and watch. <laughs> really? Where could I find this playlist? Hmm, that would be at YouTube.com/slash. Uh, channel slash specific media or something like that but um or something yeah. like that <laughs> or something like that or user specific media i think is what it is actually i always um, just type youtube.com slash specific media and it pops right there you up go what he said click on playlists and yeah. okay so welcome to yesterday this is actually pretty cool it's a sort of a found footage type movie it's michael bay produced uh it's about these high school science kids that one of the Kid's father apparently has uh, either built or at least has blueprints for a time machine. Um, but uh, the guy who did this movie, or at least, no, I'm sorry, that's another movie actually. But um, I was going to say it's a guy that did Primer, but it's uh, not him. That's another movie. But um, <laughs> but it looks, you know, not a silly. Oh, let's build a time machine. But it's uh, very serious. Uh, and the, of course, it's the it gets into the whole. You go back in time and things start. You start changing things, which ends up ha- a lot worse things happen because of that, uh, and uh, the repercussions of of you know changing the past and doing that. Um, but just the way that it is filmed, one of those um, uh, you know found footage, you know shaky cam, whatever you want to call it, uh, type things, uh, it works for at least in the trailer for the for the look of this movie. Uh, and, and, you know, some of the things that they, uh, allude to in the trailer looks like it could be a pretty good, uh, take on this type of story. So, uh, I'm definitely gonna, gonna check that out. Um, interesting. Yeah. I was just clicking through the cast, the credits and the director and both of the writers are pretty much unknowns. I mean, yeah, the, I mean, the two writers Michael- are working on paranormal activity five, <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a Michael Bay produced movie, but a, like yeah, a lot of the actors and the you know it's a bunch of teenagers or twenty yeah. somethings, uh, so it's it's not a you know yeah. uh, 
the director did High a budget movie, segment but, uh, director for some TV series and two shorts or three shorts, and that's it. Yeah, and I, which I can't remember. Frequently leads to great things. <laughs> what was that? What was that movie that came out a year, year, or maybe two years ago with the found footage about the guy, the, the three people that get superhuman powers? Oh, uh, Chronicle. Chronicle. Yeah. It sort of had that feel to it as far as, you know, what was going on. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. not superhero powers, but the whole idea mm-hmm. of, of how it looks and the yeah. tone sort of felt like that. It was, you know, very serious. Chronicle uh, was really, really good. It, it was just it was one of many movies where it's really starting to feel like a stretch to have it all supposedly be found footage, that sort of style. Right. At least Chronicle had the neat gimmick where eventually they, <laughs> they have telekinetic yeah. powers. So, of course, they can make the camera <laughs> float and fall and, and film them all. But, you know, having to just increasingly stretch the narrative to explain why they would continue to film themselves constantly. Yeah, it's that I'm getting tired of that. But Chronicle was a good movie, though, despite having to warp itself around that idea a little bit. And even though I'm saying found footage, I don't know if that's the trope that's being used or if it's just sort of the look Mm. of how it's, you know, moving camera type thing. I don't know if it's actually a character is supposedly filming, you know the other characters as they're doing it, or if it's just the way that it looks. But, uh, yeah. Um, a couple bigger, bigger budget things. They've got, uh, Maleficent, uh, end of May, Angelina and Jolie playing the, the bad witch in, uh, from sleeping beauty, uh, has Elle Fanning, Charlton Copley, um, you know, sort of, I don't know if it's like a wicked, Type look, but it's supposed to be from uh, the Sleeping Beauty tale told from the perspective of uh, the villainous Maleficent and looks at the events that hardened her heart and drove her to curse the young Princess Aurora. So hmm. it is Disney produced. It does have a pretty cool look. Uh, nice to see Angelina Jolie uh, in a movie. You know, she doesn't acted as much in the last few years. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then the other big one that I that I saw. Actually, the, the the one preview that I saw just was released today, which was for uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, uh, the sequel to the one with James Franco mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Um, as Gary Oldman, Kerry Russell, Andy Serkis reprising his role as the mo- motion capture for Caesar. Uh, this is supposed to be 10 years later after this uh, the virus that sort of is brought up in that first movie is released. So a lot of humanity has died and uh, the, you know, the ape uh, nation has, has, has arisen. And uh, so there's, you know, the two factions, Gary Oldman plays one of the leaders of the, uh, at least one human uh, outpost or, um, you know, uh, state. I don't know what, how, how many people there are, but it is definitely a, you know, uh, two sides pitted against each other and what's going to happen is there's going to be another, you know, war or, um, will they be able to work things out? So, you know, rarely does that happen. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't be a good planet of the apes unless there's a, you know, a lot of, a lot of fighting. So we'll see. But, um, yeah, I mean, from what they showed is, uh, again, a lot of just, uh, shots and, you know, five second clips of, of some of the actors. And then at the end they have the sort of pull back from Caesar's face to see that he's 
surrounded by uh, many warlike apes, and he sort of makes a signal like to go attack, and that's how mm-hmm. the trailer ends. So we'll see. Uh, I got one other movie, and then one I want to talk about that has nothing to do with speculative fiction. That I just I love the uh, the trailer, and I, I will go see it. But anyway, the last movie would be uh, Upstream Upstream Color, which uh, is actually a movie that uh, let's see here this one that came out already. Actually, no. This is this is yeah. This is a movie that came out this year that hadn't I hadn't even heard of, and Io9 picked it as the science fiction best movie of the year. Hmm. Um, it was uh, done, written by and directed by Shane Carruth, who did Primer. Uh, oh, nice! Which was a time travel movie from from uh, ah, six yeah. or seven years ago. Brain scrambler. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's about it's a and I watched the trailer. I I read this. Uh, summary and then i watched the trailer and it's and you can't even tell that it's the same thing because it's it's definitely a weird type movie um you know as far as our complex movie where uh let's see upstream color is about two people whose lives and behaviors are affected by a complex parasite without knowing it that has a three-stage life cycle which it passes from humans to pigs and finally to orchids so um, <laughs> the idea is that it centers on this man and woman that have been affected by this uh, parasite, uh, and it sort of synchronizes their lives, and so you know, like the things that are affecting them both because of this parasite sort of draws them together. Uh, but they also discover along the way that the it's it's was sort of a planned thing where they were given this uh, disease or parasite. It wasn't something that um uh that they ran into and uh um as uh, apparently they you know it moves from them to pigs um at least from the from the the trailer it appears that things that are happening to the pigs sort of affect these two characters as well as far as like how the you know if the pigs are violent then they they have scenes where these two characters become violent but um, so it's very confusing, you know, it looks very complex, but, um, uh, as far as the, the IO nine anyway, just re- I think, again, was their best movie of the year. So, uh, we'll be checking that out. Uh, uh, if it's on video or uh, I don't think it's on Netflix, I look there, but, uh, hopefully it's out somewhere we can, where you can see it. So I wanted to bring that out as a, as a, at least a trailer to check out, uh, the last movie, which comes out in April. Is called Dom Hemingway. You've seen the trailer for this movie. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, it's Jude Law um, playing this over-the-top uh, uh, Cockney-accented uh, uh, safecracker that's been in jail for 10 years and uh, gets out of jail, and it's just sort of like him trying to get back... Uh, you know, get the money that he lost because he went to jail and re you know, reestablish his relationship with his daughter who is played by Amelia Clark uh, from game of Thrones. So another game of Thrones actor that's going to be in movies in 2014. But um, the main thing from the trailer is that Jude law, besides the fact he looks about 60 or 70 pounds heavier than in any other movie I've ever seen him in. Hmm. Um, And he's got just this mutton chop, uh, 
uh, beard and he's just this accent. I mean, everything is just every second of the trailer is him just screaming and yelling and over the top. <laughs> and it just looks funny as hell. Uh, Scott's uh, also Richard E. Grant, uh, who's been in a lot of movies uh, and then a couple of Doctor Who episodes playing bad, bad guys. Um, sort of his, his uh, cohort uh, partner in crime. And, and it just, everything was funny. Uh, about it so uh, i recommend looking at that trailer and see if it's something you're, you'd be interested in uh in watching so cool i don't know when it was added but upstream color is currently on netflix streaming. oh cool cool well i will be definitely checking that out so uh we might be talking about that in a future future episode because netflix uh, thinks i'll give it four stars <laughs> well there you go <laughs> Uh, yeah. So Ken Kennedy made a couple, uh, comments here. Uh, Dawn of the planet of the apes looks crazy school, crazy, cool, and scary. Good looking movie. Uh, he also said that he loves our playlist, which is cool. He said the playlist is rocking. Uh, and then he said, I have to admit the Robocop reboot looks pretty damn good. And I am not a reboot fan. Uh, and then about X-Men earlier, he said, yes, I am a purist. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's fair enough upset, yeah. so. fair enough yeah. well because there are certainly problems that they're gonna probably have to say are alternate timelines or something that uh you know because like for example emma frost is in both sets of movies in ways that are not compatible with each other so <laughs> that's just one example <laughs> um right. So. <laughs> all right, so that was all that I had for the uh, uh, trailers. Was there anything anybody else had about um, anything they had seen or did the past? No, I weeks? think okay. for, um, for our brevity's sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll save stuff for next time. Yeah. Get uh get you some sleep tonight since you have a plane plane ride tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, safe travels to you and to uh, everybody this holiday season if you're going anywhere. Woo, safe um, travels. Yeah, and uh, you know, we'll have lots to talk about in twenty fourteen, not just movies, uh, we'll have you know, all this great stuff that will be uh coming out in the next few months. We'll be talking about it on uh on consumption so uh, everybody have a great holiday season we'll see you next time bye everybody Thank you for listening to specficmedia.com presents Consumption. If you'd like to send feedback, questions, comments, suggestions, complaints, you can email us at consumption at specficmedia.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 704-981-1SFM. That's 704-981-1736. If you'd rather leave comments on our website, you can find posts for each show at specficmedia.com. This podcast is released under Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, 3.0, unported license. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it.